Motivating your patients to exercise can be a challenge, but even 15 minutes a day can help, and there's now research to back that up. Welcome to a special focus on diabetes on ReachMD, the channel for medical professionals. I'm Bruce Japson, the healthcare reporter at the Chicago Tribune, and with me today is Dr. Timothy Church. Dr. Church is a professor and the director of the Laboratory of Preventive Medicine at the Pennington Biomedical Research Center in Baton Rouge, Louisiana. Dr. Church earned his medical degree and PhD in structural and cellular biology from Tulane University School of Medicine in New Orleans, and he completed a residency in preventive medicine at Tulane, during which time he obtained a master's in public health. He is a board certified in public health and general preventive medicine and has been an investigator on a number of NIH grants, most of which address issues related to exercise and health, including exercise. Dr. Church joins us today from Pennington Biomedical Research Center in Baton Rouge. Dr. Church, welcome to ReachMD, the channel for medical professionals. Oh, thank you so much. It's a pleasure to be here. Well, for our listeners who are not so familiar with the Pennington Biomedical Research Center, if you could just tell us uh, briefly about the center and then tell us about this interesting research that doctors and consumers could probably benefit from relative to just exercising as little as 15 minutes a day. Well, Pennington's an interesting place. I mean, it's part of the LSU system, but it's a freestanding institute. It was started up 20 years ago with a $120 million grant with Doc Pennington, whose only request was, I want this to be the world's best diet and nutrition center in the world. Doc kind of understood that there was an obesity epidemic coming 20 years ago, and Doc made his money in oil, and, and he, he wanted to leave a legacy, and he thought fighting the obesity epidemic would be a, such a legacy, and obviously he had tremendous foresight. So we are, you know, often said, the largest freestanding diet and obesity center in the world, and it's pretty much what we do is we do stuff related to healthy eating or physical activity or many, many, many aspects of, of weight and diet, everything from what goes on in the brain to how you get people to become active or eat better to, um, of course, doing pharmaceutical research. So I like to say if it's related to exercise, or I'm sorry, if it's related to weight, we probably have a study here somewhere. That's great. And so this study that you have on the 15 minutes to weight loss, I found fascinating. I skimmed over it. It really shows a lot of benefits for just a small amount of exercise. And if you could tell us about this study that your team was involved in. Yeah, this was a study. We published it in JAMA a little bit over a year ago, and it was actually called DREW, and DREW stands for Dose Response Exercise in Women. And it was the largest exercise study ever conducted in women. And it was conducted in postmenopausal overweight women with elevated blood pressure. And really what DREW going after with DREW was, all right, what's the minimal amount of exercise needed? And what we did was we looked at a control group, we looked at a group that did basically 73 minutes a week, a group that did 130 minutes a week, and a group that did 190 minutes a week. With the idea being, or the logic being, that, well, 130 minutes is about the consensus recommendation or the Surgeon General's recommendation. So we looked at that, we looked at half of that, we looked at 150% of that. With and, the prim- and, that, and that's 130 minutes a week is his recommendation. Well, it's actually 150, but I don't, I don't want to get into the nuances of why, because we were doing an exercise prescription based off of weight, and it was a research-driven thing. But it, it is the Surgeon General's recommendation was what we delivered, which we can talk about this in a few minutes. You know, there's new recommendations out first time ever we have federal physical activity guideline recommendations, but I'll circle back to that in a second. So we do the study. It was, it was 100% supervised. We monitored every step, every heartbeat, everything. And it was six months of exercise. 
we had a 91% retention rate. The only women who dropped out of these, this study was women who had a major life event. You know, they lost a job, their husband passed away. That's a great retention rate. Oh, we had a 98% exercise compliance. And um, so this is a very doable dose we're talking about here. And the intensity, because I'm always asked about the intensity, it was basically walking. And it wasn't even really fast walking. It was moderately fast walking. And no surprise, in terms of fitness, in terms of how much more better shape women got in, the more exercise you did, the more in shape you got. Where we were surprised was the group that did 73 minutes a week. I mean, 73 minutes a week of walking improved their fitness. Now, keep in mind, these women are at a time in their life where they're losing 1% to 2% of fitness a year, and these women actually improve their fitness. Now, why is that important? Because we know low fitness, this is a very, very powerful risk factor of, of bad things happening to you in the future, whether it's having a heart attack or having a stroke or developing cancer, but also related to quality of life issues. People who, who have higher levels of fitness age better. It's the bottom line. Some of our previous research, we saw fitness was basically on par with things like smoking when it comes to the risk of bad things happening to you. So in this juncture, in these women's lives where they should be losing fitness, as little as 10 to 15 minutes a day actually resulted in improvements in fitness. And I, I got to admit, we were, we were kind of surprised. Now, circling back to those recommendations, for the first time ever, we now have federal physical activity guidelines. They've never existed. We've, all these other previous guidelines have came from organizations, American Heart, American Diabetes Association, or Surgeon General. Now we have federal physical activity guidelines, just like we have federal dietary guidelines. And the federal physical activity guidelines say get 150 minutes a week of moderate intensity physical activity. And that could be walking. That is walking. If you want to do more, if you like to jog, well, guess what? You only need to get like 75 minutes a week. But the, the, the guidelines were really well written, and they make the point that something is better than nothing. In other words, they acknowledge that getting out there and even getting 10 or 15 minutes, even though you're not achieving that goal of 30 minutes a day, five days a week, is better than nothing. And I think that's an important goal from, from talking to, to patients because a lot of patients can't get that 30 minutes a day. They have orthopedic injuries or, or other issues which prevent them from getting that 30 minutes a day. Well, as little as 10 has benefit. Also, as they work towards that 30 minutes a day, they're getting health benefits all along the way. It's not all or nothing. It's not 30 minutes a day or nothing. Even 10 minutes a day has benefit. Well, if you're just joining us, or even if you're new to our channel, you're listening to a special focus on diabetes on ReachMD, the channel for medical professionals. I'm Bruce Japson, your host. I'm with the Chicago Tribune. And joining me today is Dr. Timothy Church. Dr. Church is with the Pennington Biomedical Research Center in Baton Rouge, Louisiana. And we're talking about a simple way that doctors can get their patients to exercise. And even Dr. Church is surprised that this is telling us that you can start with a small amount of exercise and gain some real reductions in uh, improve your health and perhaps reduce diabetes and other risks. Is that what this is telling us? Absolutely. And once again, going to those recommendations, and from a clinic perspective, a lot of physicians are not comfortable providing exercise recommendations. If you go to the internet and you get these new federal physical activity guidelines, there's actually a two-page summary. That two-page summary is everything anyone in a doctor's office or any patient needs to know about exercise. And what I love about the two-page summary is on one side of the page, half the page is committed to the benefits of being physically active. And I think this is one of the reasons a lot of 
patients don't take up activity because they think that being physically active is the equivalent of kind of not putting mayonnaise on your sandwich. <laughs> they, they, they don't understand the magnitude. And so on one side of the guidelines, it, it specifically says lowers your risk of heart attack, lowers your risk of stroke, lowers your risk of certain cancers, lowers your risk of dementia, lowers your risk of Alzheimer's, depression, anxiety, all these things which, which really you know, hit home when you talk to patients, when you say, look, being a little bit physically active can really reduce your risk of these bad things happening to you. And I, and I think that's the first step in getting patients active, and that is educating them to the power of being physically active. And I think if you say in, in some of the information that your group put out is that the level of walking that you studied was so light that most people would not even consider it exercise. And if they, I think when people do exercise, don't you think when they see benefits, if they see improvements or, you know, a lift in energy or something, they will probably do more? Absolutely. And the intensity almost doesn't even matter, which is where step counters are such a powerful tool. If you can get patients to consider wearing a step counter, and they're powerful for a lot of reasons. One is, Initially, people find out how incredibly sedentary they are, and that often is kind of an awakening. And then the other thing is it gives them daily goals. You know, they can figure out like, oh, I'm at 2,000 steps. I need to pick it up. I need to go for a walk at lunch. And when you have a step counter, the goal needs to be about seven to 8,000 steps a day. It's nice if you get more, but if you're getting consistently seven to 8,000 steps a day, you're probably getting that 30 minutes a day that we talk about in terms of being physically active. When you talk about the positive benefits, the thing I always hear is, man, my mood. It gives me so much more energy. It puts me in such a better mood that the days I miss my activity, I just, I just don't feel good. Will this continue to be studied? And I know that you studied women, but are there certain things that are, are unique to women in this study or certain things that can be drawn on for men? That's a great question. And, and, and there are, from this study in particular, we're, we're sending out almost a paper a month. It was such a massive undertaking. It was five years of work. Um, and we continue to send out different papers and different things we've learned. I personally think that you can for sure say that the benefits in men would be equal. I think actually the benefits in men, you could argue, might even be a little bit more because men tend to have be at a worse baseline, especially from, say, a cardiovascular disease standpoint. And we are doing similar studies, and it's funny you're talking about diabetes. One of our big ongoing studies is an exercise training study in individuals with diabetes. It's it's all related, though. If you're improving your physical activity, you are going to probably reduce your risk of diabetes and heart disease. Absolutely. And what this study is more, again, this is in individuals with diabetes. We know one of the most powerful things an individual with diabetes can do to prevent having a heart attack or prevent having a stroke is to be physically active. The two things I like to tell people with diabetes, don't ever think about smoking, don't get anywhere near smoking, and be physically active. And, but this is actually a study where we're looking at what is the best type of activity. Is weightlifting better than walking? And how do those two things compare when you do both of them? And um, we're, we're about halfway through the trial, so obviously we don't have any results. But I can tell you one thing. I'm amazed at how people are taking to the weightlifting. They're they're terrified of it at first. <laughs> and these are are these older people or a certain generally speaking, people? they're kind of it's, it's late fifties, diabetics with lots of complications, very very sedentary, and once they start doing that weightlifting stuff, they love it. They're by far our most compliant group, 
And um, I think it's because of the positive reinforcement of getting stronger all the time. And they probably look around the gym and they say, hey, wait a minute, everybody here is as old as I am. Yeah, no, absolutely. Absolutely. Well, and, and to your point and in some other information that you sent, you, you, you talked about how you don't even really need a gym for this. And I see a quote from you where you say you don't need a gym, you don't need fancy clothes or a stopwatch. And, and since you had said that physicians and our physician listeners out there, they don't, they're not comfortable having these exercise conversations with their patients. Uh, these simple things are very helpful, aren't they? Yeah, and once again, I refer to those, those recommendations as a resource for physicians and for patients. They're easy to find. Just Google Federal Physical Activity Guidelines and they'll come up. Well, one of the things that drives me nuts about exercise and exercise prescription is people try to overcomplicate it. It's not. Get off the couch and walk. That's it. That's all you need to know, you know, and, and shoot for 30 minutes a day, five days a week. Well, with that, I would like to thank Dr. Timothy Church. He's joined us from Baton Rouge, Louisiana, where he is a executive at the Biomedical Research Center, the Pennington Biomedical Research Center. And we've been talking about 15 minutes to weight loss, a very simple, easy way to get consumers, doctors to get their patients uh, exercising and some results they have found that show that this improves the health of Americans who have a, a diabetes and obesity and weight problems. I'm Bruce Japson of the Chicago Tribune. I've been your host, and thank you today for listening.